Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Mace, this is one of those days I'm kind of glad I'm remote at home because I had to go out in my car for like a couple of minutes today. And man, those roads are slick. Yeah, and uh, I don't think oh, there are a lot of people out there who are adjusting based on the slickness of the roads. That's what's really making me kind of nervous. And so honestly, knowing that you've told me, hey, I might surprise you. I might come into the studio, but the conditions yeah. today, I thought that surprise isn't coming today. <laughs> It'll come soon enough. I can tell you right now, uh, you and I have talked about it, that it's, it's going to be two weeks uh, probably before I see you, I'll see you well before two weeks. Yes. Well, well before two weeks. I don't know. It's not going to be today. It might not be tomorrow. It'll be sometime. We'll see each other. We'll hug it out and, you know, we'll just move forward because I'm not going to see you for three weeks if I don't come in next week at all. Right. Well, I appreciate you thinking you're going to miss me that much to where you feel like you need to come in sometime next week rather yeah. than risk, risk getting three weeks without uh, my smiling right. face sitting on the opposite side of the table from you here. Okay, so I can't see you. Uh, what kind of Braves gear are you wearing today? Uh, I have actually no Braves gear today. I've, I have okay, wait, a... let me guess. Oh, wait, hold on. Wait. Okay. okay, so it's not Braves gear. Yeah. Uh, is it Man City? Yes. Okay. Yep, you're, you're pretty predictable. You either go, you have a rotation of Manchester City, Atlanta Braves, Tampa Bay Lightning. Do it's I not really, pretty pegged? Yeah, it's not really a rotation. And I guess maybe yeah, I'll have to. I'll have, no, because a rotation would imply <laughs> that there's some formality to it. It's literally just waking up and saying, "Oh, that's hanging in my closet. It looks, it's, it, it looks good, ready to go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna wear that. That's it." Danny, you know what hanging in my closet is code for? What? It was on my bedroom floor. I smelled it. It didn't seem like it needed to be washed. I'll put it on. Actually, sometimes it's not even that. It's never on uh -huh. my floor. It's either it's hanging in my closet or uh -huh. I, I let I hang dry most of my clothes. I own I don't use the dryer very often. And so, so your sweatshirts, so you wear a lot of sweatshirts, you wear a lot of hoodies. Yeah. You hang those? Yes, absolutely. Ah, uh, see, I fold that stuff. I only hang button down. Shirts, no, but I mean I, suits, I yeah, I let them like I let them air dry and then I just keep them yeah. on the hanger. And so literally okay. this was hanging in my uh in my hallway bathroom, I have you know, clothes hanging there as they dry, and and I wow. went in this morning and I said, "Oh, well, that looks good for a day. I'll wear that." That's all. That's okay. all it is. Well, I, I'm sure you look very sharp with that. Time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino and Blackhawk. Well, it seemed like a lot when George Payton was going to do ten interviews while seven down, three to go. They talked with Patriots linebackers coach Jared Mayo. And Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon still left to interview tomorrow and Friday. 
Rams offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell, Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan, and Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. As we've been talking about all week, Mace, for thednvr.com, you've been doing deep dives on all of these guys. Uh, what did you find out about Mayo and Gannon? Um, Gerard Mayo, look, the, the experience isn't there uh, in, in on, on the resume. We kind of know that. Uh, I think kind of an interesting thing with him is uh, the fact that after he retired from playing, and by the way, he was a team captain seven or eight years that he played in the NFL. So not only was he a good player, but also was a locker room leader pretty much his entire playing career. He went in the corporate world for three years, and he rose uh, to vice president of a healthcare of, 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 a, of a healthcare administration company in the Boston area. And by all accounts, was uh, on track for even bigger and better things if he'd stayed the corporate route, mainly because of his leadership. And frankly, I think that's actually just as interesting as as the coaching side of it because for him, because we are talking about George Payton searching for someone who can be a team leader and even an organizational leader. And Mayo has shown that even kind of beyond the, the football realm. And so I think uh, there's some intrigue there, I would say, in terms of football coaching experience, I'm not sure he's ready yet, but I think it's only a matter of when, not if, Gerard Mayo becomes a head coach. You know what? I am guessing during Mayo's career, he was a linebacker, right? Yes. I wish just one time, just one time during his playing career, and he was a pretty good player. I'm guessing he was held more than a few times during his playing career, don't you think? Oh, yeah. I just wish one time, a referee would throw a flag. He would turn on his mic and he would say, hold the Mayo, get the rim shot ready. Danny. I actually, I actually said earlier today that uh, (laughs) if there's a, you know, if a team hires Gerard Mayo, they have a big, big win. And then another coach or a player gives Gerard Mayo a hug. Are they holding the Mayo? So yeah, we're kind of thinking the same way here. Thank you. You, uh, yeah, but yours took a lot longer to explain, and it's a little bit more convoluted. Why'd you have to try and top me? Was that really necessary? Uh, no, I was just bringing kind of a... No, no I was just uh-huh. kind of bringing my own thing into it. Sorry. <laughs> All right, what do you got for Gannon? Jonathan Gannon, well, only one year as a coordinator, which, again, that's more than Gerard Mayo has. Four years working with the Vikings a few years back. Um Oh, there's that connection. Right. And this and what was interesting was this when the Broncos asked for permission to interview Jonathan Gannon, who has been working with Philadelphia Eagles, he's a defensive coordinator this past year. When they asked for permission to interview Gannon, I think it was there was kind of arched eyebrows, like, okay, really? Because Philadelphia's defense mid tier this year, nothing spectacular, but certainly, you know, Aaron Glenn got an interview last week with the Broncos and Houston and, and Detroit's defense, pardon me, was down near the bottom. So there was that, but you kind of got the sense that maybe this was George Payton doing someone that he likes and believes in a little bit of a favor to elevate, to elevate them and kind of get them on radars. And one of the things that's interesting is Houston's job opened up later than the Broncos, of course, because they dithered a little bit before firing David Culley. And Jonathan Gannon was interviewed with the Houston Texans, and they asked for permission after the Broncos asked permission to interview with Jonathan Gannon. So it's possible that uh, there's already been some success at getting Gannon on on radars. 
there's there, there's some interesting things there. One thing I do like about him, I'm trying to keep this as open minded as and po- as positive as as possible, uh, especially when we're talking about guys who don't have huge resumes. You're like, oh, you're focused on the possibility and the potential. One thing you like about Jonathan Gannon is that the Eagles' defense did get better. It got better in part because he adjusted the pressure packages they used, and that came after Fletcher Cox kind of uh, indirectly but clearly called out Jonathan Gannon for the way they were, the way the Eagles were generating pressure, and for in particular for how Cox himself was being used. That was kind of a turning point after that until Week 18 when the Eagles played backups against the Cowboys. Eagles defense uh, dropped their points per game allowed from 28 to 16. So uh, you like the fact that he's willing to listen to players, take their perspective into account and make some changes. That's a sign. That is a sign of good leadership. And again, kind of comes back to what George Payton is looking for leadership. Well, Payton didn't do you any favors, forcing you to write 10 articles. Right? Oh, that's all right. I'm, but it's my job, but, right? Well, I know, but I mean, listen, the last, coaching carousel for the for the Broncos you could have written five having to write 10 is a lot but I digress is there someone you would have liked to have made number 11 that Peyton said I'm just not going to talk to this guy that you thought I wish I could have written about him because I think he would have been a good candidate uh Raheem Morris it's a guy I wish they had. Okay. I, that's what that's a guy I wish they brought in who actually worked for Dan Quinn for five and a half seasons or play, and five plus seasons, I should say, and replaced him as an it, interim head coach in Atlanta in 2020 and has experience on both the offensive both and sides. defensive sides of the ball and has worked on a staff with Sean McVay and has worked on a staff with Mike Shanahan as well. I, I am surprised you're not saying Brian Dayball because I don't know why they decided not to at least talk to him. It would seem logical to me. The guy's been around for a long time. It's not like we're talking about a young guy here, a young guy like Mayo, a young guy like uh, Callahan, a young guy like O'Connell. The enemy is obviously older, but I'm surprised they didn't want to talk to talk to the offensive coordinator for the Bills. I'm, I am a little bit surprised. I am too, but you wonder if uh, kind of one thing that we've discussed is that uh, he's probably – at the top of Chicago's list and perhaps maybe there no, was no, 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 kind of an assumption no. I, that, well, you know what, then, then that's silly. Then that's silly. Listen, if you're going to shoot for the moon, shoot for the moon. I agree. So why, why wouldn't you interview the guy? Now, if you have been told, and maybe we don't know this, if you have been told by Brian Dayball's agent, he has, no intention of going to Denver, then that answers that question. And maybe that is the case. I can't imagine a coaching candidate would ever say, I'm not interested in going here. There are only 32 of these jobs. Who in the world is going to say no? Plus, why wouldn't you want to get the experience of interviewing for an NFL job? But I digress. It's possible. Another thing that's possible is you may get an indication that the coach is a uh, is a is a hot target, maybe the number one target somewhere else. The other thing you may find out is working through the back channels, working through the agent side of things, that maybe that coach isn't interested. And then, for example, if well, you were, no 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 no, let me finish. Let me finish. Jacksonville asked for permission to interview Dan Quinn. And Dan Quinn shot him down. If you ask for permission to interview a coach and that coach says, 
thanks but no thanks, that's an embarrassment that I think uh, George Payton may have wanted to avoid. I'm not saying that they that they that even got to that point with Brian Dayball, but there are things in the back channels that could have happened that just made the Broncos think, all right, let's just focus our search elsewhere. Well, I can tell you right now, if Brian Dayball is looking at the Broncos and saying, no, thank you, and he's looking at the ownership situation, I would absolutely positively, as a guy who has covered the Chicago Bears, I would always rather deal with the devil that I don't know than the devil I do know. And there's a lot of people who would say the opposite. The the old cliche is better the devil you know than the devil you don't know. No, because the devil I know is the McCaskey family. You do not want to work for them. They are a hot mess. They are the joke of the town. I talked to a good buddy of mine today who is a radio sports talk show guy there, and he was a longtime writer for the Chicago Tribune. He has one of the biggest shows in town. He could not stop talking about how bad the McCaskies are. The McCaskies are worse. Whatever we say about Dick Monfort, trust me when I tell you the McCaskies are 20 times worse. They are an absolute unmitigated disaster of a family to work for. So I agree with you. You might want to work with the devil that you know that you don't know. But in this case, when you're talking about the McCaskies, uh uh-uh, it's just the opposite. Before we hit a break, do you think the Broncos will know their head coach next week? Maybe not make an announcement, but know it. Yes. I think by Monday, they're going to know. I'm not. I'm not even they, sure it gets to a second round of interviews, even though there is that I don't possibility. Think it will I think. I. I think. I think they may even know this weekend and wait until Monday to kind of finalize who their choice is. I think they're drawing up a contract when they're flying from Kansas City back to Denver for somebody. They may even already be drawing up the contract right now. Certain if, if Dan Quinn <laughs> if, if Dan Quinn right. showed them everything, but that being said, right. I think there these next three interviews, and in particular, I'd in particular Kevin O'Connell and Brian Callahan, who's going to do it via Zoom, and that's just a function of the Bengals' prep schedule for the postseason and their travel schedule playing on Saturday in Tennessee. I think there's a window for O'Connell or Callahan to upend the search if they absolutely wow them. But in in either case, I think it would lead to a second interview probably next Monday. Coming up after the break, Mel Kuyper Jr. came out with his first mock draft. And yes, when it's mock draft season, it is our responsibility and duty to talk about every single one from every single guy who comes out with one. Why? Because that's what we do. And it makes great sports talk radio, doesn't it? So Mel came out with his first mock draft. Who does he have the Broncos taking? You are going to be surprised. That's next. Oh, oh, so when sickness turns my eagle Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. 
Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mason Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Heather Taylor and her team at Impact Commercial Real Estate. She has a 12-person team. And you know what? When you are looking for real estate, whether you are buying, leasing, or even selling, you want to work with a team of people who are considered some of the top 10 realtors in the business, in the Denver metro area. And that's what they have at Impact Commercial Real Estate. They think out of the box. They're going to find a way to get the deal done for you. A lot of realtors are cookie cutter, not Heather Taylor and her team at Impact Commercial Real Estate. Go to impactcommercial.co. That's impactcommercial.co. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Mighty Plumbing and Heating. Why does Mighty Plumbing and Heating have over 600 five-star reviews? No one has better service, and they will meet or beat any written offer. Go to MightyPH.com. Okay, Mel Kuyper Jr. came out with his first mock draft. He doesn't have a quarterback taken in the top 10, which means he doesn't have the Broncos taking a quarterback because the Broncos have the ninth pick in the draft. He is going to make the assumption the Broncos are going to go for a trade or free agency. And the guy that he has the Broncos taking is Georgia inside linebacker, the Kobe Dean. And if you watch the national championship game, this guy is an absolute beast. He is a three down linebacker. And for years, I've wanted to see the Broncos draft a three down linebacker and he could be available. The athletics, Dante Brugler, Dane Dane Brugler, Dane Brugler. Yeah, anyway, he writes for The Athletic. He has the Broncos going linebacker as well with Devin Lloyd out of Utah. And, of course, you saw him in the Rose Bowl. Mm -hmm. If Dan Quinn is hired, he loves his inside linebackers. Bobby Wagner with the Seahawks. When he was with Atlanta, they drafted Deion Jones. He was a pretty good player. He became a pro bowler. And, of course, he just coached Micah Parsons. Inside linebacker, does that make sense to you with the ninth overall pick? With the need at edge rusher, I'm not sure it does. You could argue for it, but I would then say this. You're going to need to find probably another outside linebacker. Or if you, and, and Dan Quinn, had, you know, he's run 4-3 in the past. There were more 3-4 type looks in, in Dallas this past year. But basically the base package is going to be a nickel anyway. They there's There's probably a more pressing need for one more player on the edge. But the question you would have to ask yourself is, do you have if you're Dan Quinn, do you have enough in Baron Browning and Jonas Griffith re-signing Kenny Young or re-signing Joseph Jor, re-signing Alexander Johnson? Because the thing that like I'm looking at here, even though like you mentioned, Nicobe Dean is a great three, is a terrific three-down linebacker. I'm still you're still looking for really a really strong person in coverage. And that's where and that's where Devin Lloyd of Utah may actually make a lot of sense here at number nine if you're able to figure out quarterback elsewhere. I wanted the Broncos to draft Roquan Smith. They were in the neighborhood to trade up. I wanted them to draft Devin White, right? That would have definitely taken a trade up, yes. That, but it wasn't that crazy of a trade up, right? They they had a chance at Devin Bush. 
didn't go for him. They passed on Micah Parsons because of off-the-field issues. They have other needs. I'm with you. I think you can find an edge rusher in the second round. Very rarely do you get a guy with that type of speed who can cover tight ends. Mm -hmm. This guy is a flat-out badass. Who? That's just... Oh, uh, or yes. Lloyd. Cause I like, Lo- I like Lloyd a little better than Dean. Why? Uh, Why? He's, he's, he's a bit better in coverage. And it's not like he's a, it's not like he's a slouch as a pass rusher. He had eight sacks last year. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. But what I'm saying about Dean he's is also Lloyd- a little, he's a little long. He's longer. Lloyd is six, three. Dean is six foot. Lloyd is longer. Lloyd is as fast. I think there's a higher ceiling with Lloyd than with Dean. Well, listen, I've seen converted safeties play middle linebacker like Brian Urlacher did. Yes. I understand that. But Dean is a, Dean's a better tackler. How's that? That's, that, that's, that's fair, and I would agree with you on that. But I'm thinking more along the lines of who can be better in, who can be better in coverage because that's kind of – that's the unicorn I'm looking for here. There are a lot. the The better linebacker in coverage is the one that, and certainly the higher potential linebacker in coverage. And that's where look. I think they're both fine picks. I just think Lloyd is a smidge higher than Dean when it comes to that aspect of it. Well, I'm guessing, and and I could be way off on this. You're going to have to help me pronounce his last name. There was a guy that we talked about a lot last year. The kid out of Notre Dame, Awusu Koromora. Uh, and he had a great season. He's more in the in the category of a Lloyd than a Dean. Would right. you agree? Yes, I'd agree. It's sort of where the game is going right now. Right. Right. But again, but, this is not to discount Dean because it's it's we're we're actually debating between two guys who I right. think are going to be at are are maybe we're not maybe we're not talking about we're not talking about Micah Parsons exceptional. But we're talking about two guys who I both think are going to be very good. I don't think well, you're. I don't think you're missing with either one of these guys. Well, here's the thing. I don't know much about Devin Lloyd. I'm sure he's a really bright guy. But I'll take the guy that I know is has a very high football IQ, which is Dean. Not to mention he's a mechanical engineer, so you know he's got a little bit of smarts to him, right? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I don't I don't mind yeah, Devin, that. Hey, the, Devin Lloyd's a communications major, so he's like us. That's right. So <laughs> he can he can join us in the radio booth if he wants to. I'll give you another position. I'll give you another position. And what's funny is you can make the case outside of Micah Parsons, he was the best rookie last year. The best rookie last year. There were a lot of questions about his arms, not long enough. And I know George Payton liked him a lot. Rashawn Slater, mm-hmm. they could still use another tackle because that has become a revolving door for years. So if they don't go edge, I, I would have no problems with them going with a inside linebacker who can cover tight ends. Remember, look at the division the Broncos are in. They get Kelsey twice a year. The big, yeah, and these are all logical moves. The problem is, what is your plan at cornerback or, or quarterback? Pardon me. And then beyond that, what do you have to give up to figure out QB? Because let, look, if it's Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, they will not have the number nine pick. Period. No, I understand. That. Right. And I don't know yeah. if they're going to get either of those guys. Right. I, I hate to say it. I think it's going to come down to Cousins and Garoppolo. 
And then it's a question of what you have to give up for either. Like Cousins is going to cost you at least the one. Garoppolo. No, 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 no. Hold on. But and we'll get more into this later on in the show. It's going to cost you a one if Minnesota eats a lot of that contract. Probably it's it's going to cost you one, even if they only eat ten million dollars of it. You're going to probably have to you're going to have to take on every last dollar of that if you're going to avoid giving up a first round pick for Kirk Cousins. Now Jimmy Garoppolo, on the other hand, last year of his deal, there there may be some relief, but Garoppolo, it's probably more reasonable to think that you can get him done for a two, and then I think. May, the, the kind of the more logical approach here, if it is going to be Cousins or Garoppolo, is if you can get away with trading a two for Garoppolo, either stand Pat at nine or maybe move down a few picks and and get someone on the defensive side, but then put yourself in position to get a QB via trade back into the end of round one get the fifth-year option, That's and then maybe you have a scenario where you've got Garoppolo playing in 22. You pick Carson Strong, who's got the best arm in this class, but the best thing for him might be, all right, you've got your knee, let's get that fixed as much as possible, and we're going to take a red shirt year on you. You do rest, rehab, and then the, the mental reps, and then be ready to go in 2023. That may be well, the way to kind of to, to walk down the path of competing in 2022, upgrading the defense, but also having a really high upside QB in 23 because we know he's got the arm and he's got the mental side because Jay Norvell puts a lot mentally on his quarterbacks at, at Nevada, and he will do that at CSU too. Well, for all of the flying that George Payton has been doing, and I can't even imagine in theory, how many frequent flyer miles he would have this week. He doesn't have to hop on a plane to talk to a guy who knows Strong the best. Mm -hmm. He just needs to hop into his car and drive up to Fort Collins. I imagine he's already had conversations with Jay Norvell about Carson Strong, too, because of how well-connected George is. So we don't know how good the Broncos are going to be next year. We know what it has looked like over the last six seasons. So you would think logically, why in the hell would the Broncos raise their ticket prices? Well, they did, and we'll talk about it next. The night is full of holes. There's bullets dripping sky of ink with gold. They twinkle as the boys play rock. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason, watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Colorado Off-Road in Littleton. If you need major accessory brands or something off-market for your truck, car, Jeep, or SUV, They've got it. Upfit today at Colorado Off-Road or go to COOffroad.com. 
All right, Broncos sent out invoices to their season ticket holders today. 58% of general reserve seats had various price increases. 58%. 39% of the seats remained at the same price. 3% of the seats had a decrease in price. I don't think this could have come at a worse time. I understand the Broncos are trying to make up for lost money when there were no fans in the stands during the COVID season in which nobody was in the stands. I get why they're doing it, but after missing the playoffs for six consecutive seasons, there's no owner, there's no head coach, there's essentially no quarterback. I don't think this could have come at a worse time. I completely agree, and this is where you understand that, like you said, there's gonna, there needs to be some ability to recoup lost money, and the co- and the cost of doing business in the NFL continue to rise the salary cap keeps going up of course revenue keeps going up because of of the new television and streaming contracts that are going to start kicking in here uh later on this year but to send this out on the heels of five consecutive losing seasons on the heels of ha- of your worst multi-year home form in a half century i mean this is it's an awful look right now, and you, this is not this is not something you you're going to be able to 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 sell. I I think you're not going to be able to sell with a straight face. You know I love my analogy, so I'll give you another <laughs> one just for fun, right? Yeah. You got a restaurant that doesn't serve good food. You got a restaurant where the wait staff isn't on top of things. You're waiting forever just to have them fill up your glass with water. The food's coming out cold. Mm-hmm. There's a hair on your plate. This is really going all out. This sound. This just sounds awful. Like the worst well, restaurant. This- like they're failing health code. The health code as well. They're getting like a D in the health examination. Mace, they've yeah. missed the playoffs six straight yeah. years. But just <laughs> importantly, just as importantly, they've had double-digit lost seasons for three consecutive seasons that is hair on your plate for the last five because they only lost nine back in 19 but i get what you're saying yeah okay so for the last five double digit losses there's there's a rat in the booyah base so that is the restaurant that you are going to and before before you ask for your bill the waiter or waitress says oh by the way uh we just redid the menu and everything's going to be i don't know 10, 15% more. So now you're going to be charged more, but here's the problem. The problem is for as bad as the restaurant is, there's a line around the block to get into that restaurant. And those are people on a waiting list to get season tickets. Supply and demand. So you can can kind of get away with it. Can't you? Yeah. And they've been able to get away with it with a long season ticket waiting list. The, The thing is though, that doesn't last forever. Ask Washington about that. Because Washington used to have the season ticket li- waiting list that was as long as the Broncos is. It took a long time. It took it took a couple of decades, but eventually that that list petered itself out, and now you have a team that can't sell all the tickets in its reduced capacity stadium at this at this point. So it doesn't hurt you. That it doesn't hurt you today. There's the, the Broncos aren't in threat of losing that waiting list today, but. Uh, over time, over time, you could see uh, some erosion if things don't get turned around consistently. I know Broncos fan isn't going to want to hear me say this, but when you look at the Washington football team, 
Broncos fan, it's only six years. You don't want to be Washington. And I know the Broncos don't have an owner. Mm-hmm. But the reason why Washington has been so bad is because their owner is a piece of garbage and he constantly meddles. Let's hope this new owner doesn't meddle because we're dealing with the devil that we don't know. But what we do know is, at least through basically year one, they have a more than competent GM. And that should give you hope that things will turn around. But when you look at this upcoming season, as your ticket prices are going up, the draft, you could make the case there isn't one quarterback in this draft who should be legitimately drafted in the first round. You can can make that case, but you know teams will take guys in the first round. Some guys will be taken in the top 10. So what do you do? As you and I talked about in the last segment, you might have to make a trade. And while Broncos fan is going to be upset that I know, here we go. It's going to be Flacco and Keenum and it's going to be and Bridgewater all over again. Yep, heard that all I day. get that, but don't force the quarterback issue if it's not there, because that's going to set you back even further. Right. The bet look. It's possible you can find a quarterback out of this draft, but this is going to be a patience with the quarterback draft if you do go for that. Because every every one of these guys, and we're going to dive much more into these quarterbacks in the coming weeks, every one of them has a flaw. The question is, what can you live with? I mean, Kenny Pickett ha- has hands that are smaller than the baseline, and Carson Strong has the knee issue. Sam Howell, uh, you've got to work on his clock for the pass rush because sometimes he holds it too long. And Malik Willis is raw. I mean, you, you, and and Matt Corral has a huge schematic transition and has got to do more than first read. You can just go down the list, and all these guys have something that that makes you say they're not the complete package here. There's some. There's a lot of work to do, and that's why. I mean, I'm I'm cool on Kirk Cousins because I think he's probably going to cost you too much unless you can assume every uh, last dime of the contract. I mean, too much in terms of draft compensation. But Garoppolo might be the sweet sweet spot that allows you to get him, upgrade your quarterback, while also being able to find somebody that you can be patient with. What do we have coming up on Mountain High Appliance? Just in case you missed it. Both the Nuggets and the Avalanche are on national TV tonight, so if you aren't uh, aren't able to get altitude, you can watch both teams or at least flip back and forth between them. They're playing at the same time. So we will preview the Avs on the road and the Nuggets at home next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason, watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Mace just saw a graphic here. Uh, most playoff wins over the last 25 seasons. Now, remember, the Broncos have missed the playoffs 
six seasons in a row, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. They're tied for fifth, and they've missed the playoffs six years in a row. New England is number one with 31 playoff wins. Green Bay and Pittsburgh are tied for second with Baltimore with 16 wins, and then the Broncos are tied with Philadelphia and Seattle with 14. The Broncos, had they made the playoffs a couple of times, they could easily be solidified into second place had they made the playoffs. Right. Time now for the final word. The final word. Is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, the Colorado Avalanche on the road tonight, taking on the Anaheim Ducks, 8 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time on TNT. And the Avs lead the season series 2-0 over the Ducks, their uh, last regular season game versus the Ducks tonight. Francis will be in net tonight uh, per Connor McGahey and Kyle Keefe, friend of the show, reported that while Francis will be the starter, Kemper did participate in morning skate today with the team. So that is good news for the Avalanche and especially for Darcy Kemper. What do the Avalanche need to do tonight to keep the pressure off of Frankie? I mean, they should, they should have enough. If they play as they can... If they play, if they're as explosive as they've been for most of the last two months, I think they'll. I think that in of itself will take the pressure off Francis. Just do what you're doing, because what they're doing, they're doing well. Just keep doing what you're doing, because they're scoring so much. Even if Francis gives up four goals, the Avs will still probably win. That was very. That was very poetic. It was, you know, just keep doing what you're doing, because if you That's do, right. if you do what you do then you're going to do all right. Or I'll, I'll put it another way. If you always do what you've always done, then you'll always get what you've always gotten, Yeah, which is likely another win. <laughs> Just in case you missed it, some uh, trade news with the Denver Nuggets. We thought we had it last week when Bull Bull was reportedly traded to Detroit Pistons, uh, failed the physical, then went on to have surgery. Now Bull Bull has been part of a package with injured P.J. Dozier going to the Boston Celtics. The Celtics send our old friend Juancho Hernan Gomez to the San Antonio Spurs and the Nuggets. Add 28-year-old shooting guard Bryn Forbes from the San Antonio Spurs. So, uh, Bryn Forbes is a great three-point shooter. He shoots at about a 41% clip from beyond the arc over his career and he's just over 41% for this season as well. He was an NBA champion last season in his time with the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. Your thoughts on the transaction and what it signals about how the Nuggets feel about the rest of their season. I mean, it's as good as you could have hoped for, I think, in terms of what you could get. What do you think, Eric? Well, let's look at what Jokic said the other night. We can't shoot and everybody knows it. So, they brought in a guy who's a better outside shooter, but here's the joke of it. I'll ask you. Here, here's the joke. 
See if you can give me an answer, which would be my punchline. What did it cost the Nuggets to get rid of Bol Bol? To finally get rid of him. What did it cost him? Tell me. What did it cost him? P.J. PJ Dozier. They they were so desperate to get rid of him, they had to trade P.J. Dozier as well. Yeah. The thing is, but though, this help, but this helps them right now. This gives them something that they clearly lacked. You, you need, you wanted something. You want somebody who could light it up from the outside and get you points in a hurry. And that's, what, and right. that's what Forbes can do at this point. Bobo wasn't going to help him this year. Dozier injured, not going to help him this year. So you bring in a guy who could possibly help you. It's really that simple. Just in case you missed it, speaking of the Denver Nuggets, they are in action tonight. We won't see Bryn Forbes yet, but we'll see the rest of the guys out there uh, doing their best to make good on a loss just over a week ago. The LA Clippers are in town, 8 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time, that game on ESPN. And when they met last week, the Nuggets absolutely collapsed in the third quarter. They had a 25 Point lead and ended up losing that game 87 to 85 despite a 30 point night from Aaron Gordon uh, poor third quarter performance something that's been an issue with the Nuggets the last couple years we've talked about it at length and it doesn't seem to be getting any better what is the solution I don't know that there's really a solution with this roster even after the Forbes trade the Forbes trade this roster has constructed you can't play Jokic 48 minutes, and because of that, you're going to have to withstand portions of the game where you are struggling mightily without him. They, they just there's not a lot they can do at this at this point because of all the because they've lost Jamal Murray and because they, they've lost Michael Porter Jr. I think that you just have to kind of honestly you have to kind of live, live with it. I think. Uh, I want to go to another topic, so I'm going to flip this around and ask both of you guys this. I never felt Mike McCarthy. I don't think Mike McCarthy is a good head coach. Just don't. I don't think he was really that good with the Packers. I understand he had Aaron Rodgers. I, I, I can't believe he's still coaching the Cowboys. He had a press conference saying that he described his players as being nervous entering the playoff game against the Niners. And he said he sensed it during the pregame prayer and felt it inhibited them early on in the loss to the Niners. You have Dak Prescott who is a veteran. You have other veterans on that team. What does it say about Mike McCarthy as a head coach that his players were nervous before a playoff game? I mean, it says that there's a fail- there's a failure at some point uh, in-, in the preparation that because part of it, it's not just it's not just a game plan. It's not just drilling in practice. It's making sure that you're of the right frame of mind. And if they're nervous, that means they're not in the right frame of mind. You want them relaxed. I mean, maybe he should have done something to loosen them up. If he said that, if he saw that they were tight in the locker room, maybe he should have just dropped Trow in the middle of the locker room and get everyone right. laughing and loosen them up and tell them to go out and play. It's a coach's right. job to be a psychologist as much as a ball coach. And that may be where Mike McCarthy is failing. I mean, his teams have lost a heck of a lot of, of playoff games when they were expected to win, have they not? Yeah, that this is such an epic fail, honestly, on his part. I believe this, and I'll tell you a quick story. So when I was on television, people would always say to me, do you ever get nervous before live shots? And my answer is always the same. There's no reason to be nervous if I'm prepared. When I get up in front of four, five, six, seven hundred people as an auctioneer and I'm raising money for a nonprofit event, 
There's no reason to be nervous if I'm as prepared as I can be. Same with this radio show. There's no reason to be nervous if I'm prepared. So if your guys are nervous to what you said, piggybacking over what you just said, Mace, there's no reason to be nervous if you are fully prepared. His guys were not prepared. And that's on the head coach. And you know what somebody's going to say? Well, that's on Dan Quinn, too. You know what? He's not the head coach, and neither is Kellen Moore. I believe the Dan Quinn. I believe Dan Quinn also has a winning record in the postseason. His teams do. As a head coach, well, he's yeah. only been there twice. Yeah, I'm just saying. And one was yeah. a one was a run to the Super Bowl, and then he got knocked out his second year in the opening round. No, he did no, 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 they didn't. Like he, they won a game. They won at the Rams in his in his second playoff go around, and then they lost, uh, and then they lost a close game to uh, Philadelphia on the road. Huh. So he won. Oh, he was one and one. You're saying he was. Yeah, he, he was three and two he in was. the playoffs. Three and two in the playoffs. That's right. Yeah. But I was told by people in Atlanta, people I've talked to, they had no business losing to the Eagles in that divisional game. None. That was I know the Eagles won yeah. the Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. That I know was, they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, they, they had something. Hey, they had something going with Nick Foles because you know what? You could say they had no business losing to uh, the Eagles, but you know what? You could say the Patriots had no business losing right. the Eagles That's either. Fair. So That's it happens. Fair. That's totally Belichick. fair. Yeah. All right. That was Mountain High Appliance. Just in case you missed it, you can walk in any store and try out the appliances before you buy them. You can't do that at the big box stores, not to mention their sales staff is outstanding. When you're making a big purchase, because that's what appliances are, they're, they're a pretty sizable purchase. You need to make sure that you get what you need and you need to make sure you get what you want. When you work with an experienced sales staff that's been there for decades, that's what you're going to get at Mountain High Appliance. You can find them in Louisville. You can find them in Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break, ESPN had an article titled, Here are 10 big things that people around the league think could happen this upcoming regular season. The Broncos are mentioned, and the guys who were polled in this article a whole bunch of execs around the league. The Broncos were mentioned, and what did they say about the Broncos? That's next. 